The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, the recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Benjamin Dolly. Governor Ralph Northam declared a limited state of emergency in his final COVID-19 response update yesterday. The state will loosen some regulations to open more hospital beds and increase staffing. Patrick Larson reports. Although symptoms from the Omicron variant are generally milder than others, Governor Northam says the extremely high community spread has overwhelmed hospitals. They need our help. Northam says the emergency order, which only applies to state health care agencies, will loosen restrictions on staffing and licensing hospital beds. It also allows more use of telehealth and it expands which medical professionals can give vaccines. The new order will only last for 30 days. Northam says projections from the University of Virginia show the current spike in COVID cases receding by early February. This will likely be the last of Northam's major COVID-19 policy changes. Governor-elect Glenn Youngkin is set to take office on Saturday. Patrick Larson, VPM News. Orlando Carter is a black man who was shot three times by Richmond police during a traffic stop on New Year's Eve of 2020. He survived the shooting and was charged with two felonies for eluding officers and for possession of a firearm by a nonviolent felon. Last week, Carter entered a guilty plea to those charges and accepted a deal to avoid jail time. However, Carter's family says they're not finished seeking justice for his assault. According to his mother, Jennifer Carter, they plan to take legal action against the Richmond Police Department and the officers involved. Yesterday, officials with Virginia's court system asked a federal judge in Richmond to dismiss a lawsuit over the state's limited public access to court records. Whitney Evans reports. The National Legal Publication Courthouse News Service sued the Executive Secretary of the Supreme Court of Virginia and the Clerk of the Circuit Court for Prince William County in September. The lawsuit argues the public shouldn't have to travel in person to access civil court records. Right now, only lawyers are allowed to get those filings remotely. It alleges the policy is unconstitutional. Attorneys for the state say they're not preventing access, and putting the records online would lead to data mining. U.S. District Court Judge Henry Hudson asked state attorneys if the filings are already available to the public, why can't they be posted online? Hudson also urged the parties involved to ask the General Assembly to deal with the issue through legislation. He's not yet announced whether he'll dismiss the complaint. Whitney Evans, VPM News. One day before the General Assembly is set to convene, Norfolk voters will pick a new delegate. A special election is being held in the 89th House District today. Jay Jones announced last month that he was expecting the birth of his child and would be stepping down. Republicans have nominated 39-year-old Giovanni Dolmo, a Navy veteran and pastor. Another Navy vet, activist, and Civic League leader Jackie Glass is the Democratic nominee. The 89th District is a Democratic stronghold, according to partner station WHRO. Democrats have held the seat for nearly 40 years. The incoming lieutenant governor visited Fort Monroe yesterday to meet with community stakeholders. The purpose was to talk about the future of the property at a time of transition. Paul Bebo from partner station WHRO reports. 
Lieutenant Governor-elect Winsome Sears met with leaders from the Fort Monroe Authority, the National Park Service, and other community groups. The authority said the purpose was to review the responsibilities the state inherited when it took over the fort from the U.S. Army. The area is historically significant. It's where the first enslaved African people arrived in the English colonies in 1619. Late last year, a state agency voted to approve a $40 million development plan to build a hotel, restaurant, and a conference center at the historic area. Environmental groups protested the vote. That was Paul Bebo reporting. Sears will be the first black woman elected to statewide office in Virginia. She'll be sworn in this Saturday. Governor Ralph Northam says he'll soon return to his medical practice in Norfolk. During his final days in office, Northam has been reflecting on his time as governor. VPM state politics reporter Ben Pavier sat down with him last week. The interview was edited down for clarity. What's your proudest accomplishment upon leaving office, and, and what do you hope your legacy will be? Yeah, I don't, I don't really talk about legacies. That's not who I am. Uh, I get up in the morning to try to help people. I think if one looks at my life when I served in the United States Army, I, I served for 18 years voluntarily as the medical director of Edmark Hospice, which is a pediatric hospice taking care of terminally ill children. I, I've seen thousands of uh, sick children and their families over the years. So I, I get up in the morning to, to help people um, and you know, to, to be able to help Virginians at a, a different level. There are obviously eight, about 8.5 million Virginians. Uh, starting with Medicaid expansion, I mean, we've just, uh, we've been through two years of a pandemic, uh, with tremendous challenges, and I, I can't imagine uh, when, a, when a person is sick not having access to a provider. So, so being able to expand Medicaid in Virginia and in a bipartisan way, I think was a, a major accomplishment. I think the fact that we uh, were able to bring Amazon to Virginia literally transformed that uh, Crystal City area, National Landing uh, up in Northern Virginia. Uh, a lot of investment went into uh, infrastructure, workforce training, and other businesses, very good paying jobs in that area. And, and so what has happened over the last four years, uh, I think in a nutshell, if you will, is that Virginia has, has seen a lot of progression. We've had one of the most progressive administrations that Virginia's ever seen. And at the same time, we have a stronger economy than Virginia's ever seen. So, so it's proven that both can happen at the same time. What do you think are gonna be the biggest challenge of Governor-elect Glenn Youngkin that he'll face in office? I use as an analogy, you know, being a doctor, we take call on the weekends and at night and, uh, being governor uh, has been like being on call 24-7. There is always something happening. I mean, just two days ago, we had the, the snowstorm and the, the backups on Interstate 95. And, and so my, uh, my advice would be to put good people around you uh, and let them do what they're good at doing. Uh, have empathy, listen to Virginians, uh, know what their needs are, and, and then respond to those needs. And so, um, you know, just when you think things are kind of going pretty well, another challenge pops up. And, and if you have good people and, and you know, you, you have good leadership, then you, you deal with those as they happen. You campaigned on reining in Virginia's campaign finance laws. 
um, some of the loosest in the country, and yet Democrats held power, nothing changed. Why do you think there hasn't been movement on that issue? I think that's something that the people are going to need to stand up and say, you know, we, we want change. And that's, again, that's, that's how, as public leaders, you know, we direct what, what policy we're uh, proposing and then get, gets passed. And, and so I've always been a proponent for, for comprehensive uh, finance uh, or campaign finance reform. And it, it wasn't, didn't happen in my four years. Again, if I'd had four more years, uh, it's something that I would continue to work on, but it will be something for future administrations. Democrats passed a number of policies over the last two years that you pitched as popular, raising the minimum wage, abolishing the death penalty, legalizing marijuana, just to name a few. And yet the November elections didn't really go Democrats' way. Um, do you think the party misread the political leanings in the state? A lot of what we've been able to accomplish in Virginia was as a result of listening and learning and then taking action. And I don't think we talked about what we've done enough. Uh, in the past election because it was just in response to what Virginians were asking for. So you mentioned a lot of things like legalizing the recreational use of marijuana. Uh, I'm not big on polling, but I think if one were to poll that particular issue, it would poll fairly well uh, in Virginia. And so to you know go back from what we accomplished in that regard, I, I think would be ill-advised. The death penalty is the same um, as far as polling. Um, Medicaid expansion, all of these things have done have been done in response to, to what people have asked for. So perhaps, and I'm not going to Monday morning quarterback, it wasn't my campaign. Uh, I wasn't running this year, uh, but I, I don't think those that ran on the Democratic ticket talked enough about what we've been able to accomplish. You've denied you appeared in that, that infamous yearbook photo. Have you learned in the last two years who, who, who was in that photo? Well, that was a very difficult time for Virginia, and I'm pleased that Virginia stuck with me. I committed uh, myself and also our cabinet, uh, our administration, to really addressing the inequities. So we've done a lot of listening. We've learned a lot. And as I say, the more we know, the more we can do. And we've turned a lot of what we learned into action. Uh, there have been two thorough investigations regarding the yearbook those are public and I really don't have any further comment on those investigations. I know this is a maybe dangerous hypothetical, but um, if you had been allowed to run again, would you have? Oh, absolutely. And I would have won. Um, do, you, would, do you have any interest in, in running again? Well, it's a great question. And, you know, I'm going back to my practice uh, on uh, January the 17th back in, in Norfolk, Virginia, a children's specialty group. And um, I look forward to that. I also teach. Uh, I think with what I've learned uh, as being governor and certainly serving in the Senate as lieutenant governor, I'll, I'll be a better doctor and I'll also be a better teacher. Uh, but I don't think you'll see my name on a ballot anytime soon. Are there hobbies you've neglected that you're looking forward to getting back to? Oh, absolutely. I, uh, since I was in high school, I've restored cars. For a hobby, I have a 1953 Oldsmobile that looks like it just came out of the showroom. I, I have a 1971 Corvette 454 four-speed convertible uh, that I haven't been able to drive for four years. And as most people know, I enjoy fishing. Um, and so I, I look forward to getting back into those activities. Pam and I enjoy kayaking, spending time on the water, and uh, look back to getting with my friends that uh, some I haven't been in touch with for a number of years. So a lot of things, again, this has been a privilege to serve, but I, I look forward to the next chapter.
That was Governor Ralph Northam speaking with VPM's Ben Pavier about his plans after leaving the executive mansion. VPM News will be hosting live coverage of the inauguration of the 44th Governor of Virginia, Glenn Youngkin, this Saturday. Listen to the live broadcast right here on VPM starting at noon. You can also watch it on VPM PBS with a special show beginning at 11.30 in the morning. This has been the VPM Daily Newscast. This newscast was recorded on Monday, January 10th, 2022 at 6 p.m. Some of these stories may have changed since the newscast was recorded. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyVPM. VPM. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.